Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. The Biden administration has promised 400 million free masks to fight the ongoing pandemic. The masks also come as the CDC is directing the public toward N95s over cloth masks. Everyone is able to get up to three free masks. Meyer and Sands Clubs already have them, and other retailers on the CDC's list, like CVS and Kroger, will have them either later this week or early next week. Health leaders call N95 the gold standard in COVID masks. That doesn't mean you should pitch your cloth, surgical, or KN95 masks just yet. The push right now is because the Omicron variant is so readily transmissible um, that a, a much shorter duration of exposure can lead to transmission and, and subsequent infection. CVS and Walgreens are expected to get their stock of N95s in the coming week. A Walmart spokesperson said their stores expect to get them within the second week of February. A Kroger spokesperson said, Kroger is grateful for the ongoing role we're able to play in helping our associates and customers protect themselves and our communities against COVID-19. At this time, we are awaiting our distribution of masks from the strategic national stockpile and are prepared to make them available to the public as soon as we receive them. A cloth mask offers some benefit less to the wearer than those surrounding them. As you go up from there, you know, a surgical mask is better than a cloth mask. The deputy health officer says you can re-wear your N95 mask for many days or even a week if stored properly. Don't throw them in the floorboard of your car, but you know, if you put it in a Ziploc baggie or even a brown paper bag um, and just try and protect it from other elements, they can be reworn. With the three that you get, he suggests labeling them to make it easier to alternate. This is mask number one, this is mask number two, so that you can rotate them and give them a chance to dry out in between wearings. Like many who still wear cloth masks, Dr. Fox says that those provide better protection for others than yourself if you are infected. Now that's why N95s are considered the gold standard because they provide two-way protection. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Major changes could soon be coming to where the city of South Bend and South Bend schools do business. The district wants to sell its downtown administration building to the city. The goal is to sell to the city of South Bend and potentially move its administrative offices to the Brown Community Learning Center. A feasibility study ranked that as the best place for a possible expansion. For the last decade, South Bend Schools has been losing students. According to district data, since 2013, student enrollment has dropped 16.5%. And with that, funding for the district has disappeared too. Utilizing an already existing school building that could produce cost savings and cost avoidance, over $5.5 million reinvested back into the classroom over 10 years. 
The district bought the administration building in 2004 for just under $600,000. It had to be gutted and remodeled, but the chief financial officer for South Bend Schools says the building has paid for itself over the years. Its most recent appraisal is close to $2.5 million. As we talked about return on investment, so more money in the classroom, helps shrink our portfolio, the ability to have administration and family communication center as one. The Board of Trustees president says moving the building from the downtown area may be a better look for the district. People viewed it as a symbol of excess and waste. Uh, selling the building would be symbolic for sure. The board didn't hear any outside comments though, something board member Athelia Jones was upset about. This belongs to the entire community, not just the board, not just the corporation, not just the council, but this is the entire community's corporation. The city of South Bend offered the district $2.8 million to buy the building. Before the offer can be accepted, the district needs to approve the terms of the sale with the state's attorney general and common council. If all goes well, the district says it could move into a new building as early as this year. Again, WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Whether police officers should be in South Bend schools on a daily basis continues to be a controversy amid tensions between minority communities and police. In addition to providing safety, the goal of school resource officers is simple. Act as mentors to students and educate them about the justice system. With a newly finalized agreement in South Bend, the guidelines for officers are clearer. They're to keep education in the classroom and out of the courtroom. The discussion began with a recent survey and just under 2,400 respondents. While the vast majority responded to the survey saying that these resource officers made South Bend schools safer, students responded least favorably across the board. It could be the start of a school day of just having a conversation with a student and you may be changing the mind of a student. Maybe a student had bad intentions, could have bad intentions, but after that conversation, uh, how do you how do you know what you stopped or or, or, or prevented? Uh, you just don't know. Eric Crittenden was one of the first four school resource officers when the program first started in 1997. He was assigned to Washington High School, now one of the two high schools that don't have an SRO assigned to it, and worked there for 13 years. When you start having those relationships start to build, uh, basically the sometimes the uniform becomes invisible to them. Resource officers receive specific training on things like mentorship strategies, interacting with students with disabilities, recognizing implicit biases, and the impact of childhood trauma. It's training that Crittenden says even police officers who don't work in the schools receive to better interact with community youth. According to survey results, there's a widespread awareness that SROs are in school buildings, yet nearly two in five student respondents reported being unfamiliar with officers. For those who don't have a relationship with an SRO, um, do you believe a student can feel safe if they don't have that, as I said, relationship with a student resource officer? Uh, yeah, I mean, a student can feel safe without a relationship, but I, I think having that relationship um, helps them feel probably a little bit more safer because uh, we're somebody that they can go to, we're somebody there that's for um, protection. So where does that relationship start and how does that start? 
Retired police officer Lynn Coleman served as a security guard, a position that parallels the current school resource officer program. He says it's a responsibility that both parties share to say hello and like in life, you're not going to be close with everyone. So wouldn't expect one individual SRO to have a personal in-depth uh, relationship with every student in the building. Uh, but we would, ex I, I would expect that officer uh, to be, uh, to make him or herself available, you know, to any student in that building that might uh, need uh, support, assistance, or help. Starting on January 11th, we reached out to South Bend schools for an interview. We wanted to know what they thought the reason was for students' low responses and what the district would do to bridge that gap. After multiple follow-up emails and calls, we received a response on Friday, January 21st saying, It does not appear that Mr. White has time to interview today on this. I'm really sorry we weren't able to help with the story. As for Coleman, he says he's not surprised by the students' responses. First of all, I think we have to look at the, the culture of this country right now, you know, uh, and um, the law enforcement officers are not, you know, at the top of the totem pole. Now, when you look at uh, some of the um, national problems that law enforcement officers uh, have been involved in, you know, um, we don't have, you know, um, high rankings right now. Crittenden argues a student's negative reception of an SRO might not be from an interaction with them, but a negative encounter with law enforcement outside the program. This program is to break down those barriers to start building trust, uh, build that trust, build that relationship uh, so that those type of students will understand that um, we're, we're not out to punish anybody or, or our job is not just to arrest. Um, our job is to help uh, educate about the criminal system and help keep them out of that, that system. And years later, after Coleman and Crittenden have retired their badge as an SRO, they still say that they have past students approach them to say thank you. I've got students that I went uh, that I worked at uh, when I worked there uh, that um, call my wife and I, mom and dad, to this day. It's that interaction Coleman described that more than half of students reported not applicable when asked to rate their experience with an SRO. Employees were the one with the highest positive interaction experience. Once again, WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. The Mishawaka Police Department and City Hall are headed for a new location later this year in the middle of downtown Mishawaka. Things are going to look a little different here on South Main Street as the former Liberty Mutual Building will now be home to Mishawaka Police and City Hall. The move will take Mishawaka's central hub for local government from east of downtown to smack in the middle of downtown. Mayor Dave Wood says this move was important and also long overdue. What I like about it is that it puts all of our services into one building centrally located downtown, uh, which makes it more convenient for our citizens to access our services, but it's also uh, an opportunity for us to redesign our services. The original plan was to bring both the police department and city hall to the new location, but Mayor Wood says that with 100,000 square feet available, it made sense to bring in another city service as well. Mishawak Utilities corporate headquarters, our business office, built in the 1940s, not ADA compliant, uh, and it is literally falling apart. Um, needs replacement. Uh, does not serve our citizens well, our, our 
ratepayers well. The move is sure to impact local businesses in downtown Mishawaka. Exclusive Studios Barbershop is located across the street from the new home of Mishawaka City Government, and they say having a police station right across the street is definitely something to be happy about. Next door, there might be a little more like, we got to be very careful about robbing people because cops work every, you know, all night and day, so there's going to be people around more, and I think definitely it's going to definitely deter uh, people from wanting to do vigilante stuff. Doc Pierce's is a popular eatery also located across the street from the new building. As a place that specializes in lunchtime service, they're thrilled at the prospect of more foot traffic coming to their eatery. We're excited about it, yes. We'll be happy when it's done, for one thing, because we, they will get our parking on the street back across there, but we're also excited about um, all the people coming to the building across the street. Mayor Wood says this project is great for the city of Mishawaka and will continue to beautify the downtown area. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. Another attempt is underway this year in the Indiana legislature to legislate traffic enforcement cameras and construction zones. The language may look familiar, and it's all to make the lives of construction workers and drivers safer. The bills would allow cameras on highway work zones only when workers are present to help enforce speed limits. It's time that we do more to protect the lives of construction workers who risk their lives each and every day while they're working to make our lives safer. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, in 2019 there were 32 fatalities caused by motor vehicle crashes in Indiana work zones. Now two state proposals aim to reduce the speed of drivers and create a safer work environment for construction workers. It creates a pilot program um, allowing for up to four uh, camera or technology enforcement mechanisms to be able to take a picture of a license plate if you're 12 mile an hour over in an active work zone. The tickets would be mailed to the address your license plate is registered. The first offense would be a warning. The cameras can only take pictures of the back of your vehicle and the ticket can only be used for this speeding offense. So when you're going through a construction zone, you know, it should be the first thing that you should abide by that speed limit. But I think more and more you're seeing people where that's not taking place. Construction workers say they put themselves in harm's way maintaining roads every year, but say drivers need to do their part to keep everyone safe. People want nice roadways to drive on. We're trying to give them those nice roadways to drive on. To do that, we have to put ourselves at risk by standing next to traffic and, and sometimes it's not very easy and I just implore to everybody out there that drives through a construction zone, whether it's Reith Riley or anybody else, to slow down and pay attention. Now both bills did pass through committee last Wednesday and the Senate bill will be voted on this Thursday. The authors of the bills are confident one of them will pass. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Hey.
everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 